This is Existential, the podcast that reminds us that we're human first before we're anything else. And from that place, we can hear each other's stories and experiences as we wrestle with issues of justice, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Corey Leak. Thanks for listening. Existential podcast today uh, on, on the podcast is a friend of mine, a husband, a father, and a Pro Bowl safety, Eric Reed, who some of you may know, or most of you should know, as one of the first people to protest systemic injustice uh, through kneeling on the sidelines of NFL games. So he's on the podcast today. I'm really excited. A friend of mine, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time, trying to find uh, space in his incredibly busy schedule. Eric, thanks for being on, man. I so appreciate it. Oh, no problem. How you doing, Corey? I'm all right, man. You know, you know, we, all of us who are black right now are like emotionally spent, as I'm sure you are. We'll get into We're We're, um, we're all also kind of like watching, you know, this weird thing that's happening where like the stuff that you have been saying, uh, I've told you before that like you inspired me. We've talked. I've told you, you you're one of the most humble people I know. So you don't like you don't <laughs> you don't like you don't say this stuff about yourself. But I've been saying it that like you've been on the right side of history. And now we're watching people in Congress take a knee. And and so it's just kind of this weird thing where it's like all of a sudden it seems as though people are listening. You know. So I, I want to get into some of that in a little bit. But um, you know, I know you were one of the first people to, to kneel next to Colin Kaepernick. And and a lot of people don't know that story as to why you did it. So so why why did you decide to to take that stance and to put your knowingly kind of put your livelihood at risk to make a statement? Well, I'll take you back before um, we started protesting. It was 2016, the summer of 2016, I believe, and Alton Sterling was mm-hmm. murdered in Baton Rouge, which is. You did, uh, this is my home state um, of Louisiana. I was born in Baton Rouge. Um, I lived in Baton Rouge the first two years of my life before moving to Prairieville, which is just outside of Baton Rouge. My dad worked at LSU for 30 years. He just recently retired. Wow. From so, um, he, he was in Baton Rouge every day for work for 30 years. Um, and Alton died pretty close to that home that I grew up in for um, the first couple years of my life. And when I saw that on social media, um, it, it really hurt me because I, mm. in my mind, I, that could have easily been myself or my father or any one of my family members who frequently are located in Baton Rouge. Wow. It really broke me down, man. I was hurting after seeing that. And then, you know, it kept happening. Um, social media brought it to the forefront of my, my timeline. There's almost daily I was seeing videos of people being murdered. Um, mm. and, and, and it really struck me. Um, fast forward to the season, and Colin was getting um, recognition, or, or maybe backlash is a better word for, for sitting yeah. down on the anthem. Um, and so after that first time he was noticed, I just wouldn't talk to him and say, hey, what's up, man? Like, you know, just we, we were teammates, so I just it was just curious as to what 
what was on his mind? Why was he doing that? And then we just spoke at length about um, oppression, uh, systemic oppression that has been happening in this country for centuries. And I was like, man, it, it definitely has been happening. And um, Alton Sterling was at the forefront of my mind. And I felt like um, I wanted to use the platform that was afforded to me by being a professional athlete to to be a voice for people whose voices weren't being heard. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, that's such a, it's such a humanizing story because, you know, I, I know sometimes people look at athletes and they look at you like, you know, you, you moved out of the category of human into something different. You know, I know like, you know, on the sidelines, people will say stuff to y'all that they would never say to any other human being. Uh, certainly, and probably not say to y'all if they saw you, if, if it wasn't for those barriers between you and them in the field. Um, but to hear you talk about you know, the personal connection that you felt to Alton Sterling is, is just, it's amazing to hear. It's, it's so like, it so humanizes the issue and makes it real and makes people go, yeah, I, 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 it could be, especially black folks, this, this could be me in that situation. And another time I really felt that man was when I, I was watching, uh, I don't know why, but I was watching the, this rally the president was having several years ago. And he referred to players who were taking a knee at that time. I think it was just like you and a couple others, because Colin had already been out of the league, as sons of bitches. Now, you are a human being doing your job. And the president of the United States came out and called you a son of a bitch for making a stand against systemic oppression. Like, how, how did that feel when you heard? I'm sure you heard about that at some point. How did you feel when you heard that? That was um, an interesting moment, right? Because. Uh... <laughs> when I started speaking on systemic oppression, you know, I did it because I wanted to see change. Mm-hmm. And here it is that the president was commenting on the situation. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, when you hear that he spoke on it, you're thinking, okay, maybe, you know, we got some movement. And then when you hear what he said, it's like, okay, maybe that movement. That was a an interesting moment to say the least. Um, but it, it kind of added fuel to my fire about just mm-hmm. continuing to be a voice for people who, who weren't being heard. Um, especially after Colin, um, was not given another opportunity to play in the NFL. And then the president is almost like he was gloating about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, man. And now he came out today and, and spoke again about about the issue. Um, last week, Drew Brees made some comments. Yes, he was asked about, um, I'm not sure why he was asked about the kneeling, but he was. And he came out and said that it was, wasn't patriotic. And then he, you know, of course, came back with an apology. But did you see any of that? Did you like, you know, any of that interaction? What is it that like people like Drew Brees um, or anyone else who would make the statement that what you did wasn't patriotic, or what you have been doing wasn't patri- isn't patriotic. What is it that they don't get about what you're doing, what you're trying to say, what you're standing up for? Well, I think Drew's comments was perfect in the sense of he's just about as close to the protest as you can get, right? He's in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, mm-hmm. 
whether he chose to or not, I mean, obviously he he chose not to listen to what we're saying, and it's, you know, it's his choice. Um, but we yeah. we said, uh, I mean, I I must have said a thousand times during interviews that it's not about disrespecting the flag or the anthem or the military or any first responders or anybody. We actually took a knee out of respect because Colin had received backlash for sitting. So mm-hmm. let's take a knee because. I, I can't think of a, a scenario where that's seen as being disrespectful. So we decided to do that. Um, hmm. And and we, we actually did it to be respectful while still making our point of, you know, there needs to be change. Yeah, yeah man, absolutely. And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's always been interesting to me, and you and I have talked about this before, it's always been interesting to me how people can look at a protest, a silent, you know, silent protest, a peaceful protest like what you were doing and demonize it. You know, they looked at the Edmund Pettus Bridge and demonized it, um, looked at the kneeling and demonized it. Some of the demonstrations now that, that have begun as peaceful protest were demonized. And then it moved into um, more some, some agitators and, and some folks in the black community into violent protest. And of course, people are like, that's not the way. There's all of these different forms of black people crying out to say, we just want equity and equality in America. We want full citizenship, just like white America has. And in every turn, people are going, that's not the way. <laughs> so like, if if we can't kneel, you know what I'm saying? What, what else, what can we do? And, you know, so it's really interesting to me to see that that's like, the backlash that you've gotten for doing something as as peaceful and respectful, even as people take a knee to pray. Tim Tebow was taking a knee. Yeah. I mean, again, another interesting way we see how society deems what's acceptable and what's not. Right? Like you said, um, through the history of people speaking up about injustice. <laughs> We've seen it every turn. It's not the right time. It's not the right way. Mm. Mm. And, and it was no different for us. You know, we, we heard, you know, every, every deflection, every distraction that we shouldn't be doing it during our job, this, that, and the other. Okay, and then you fast forward to today, and people are not doing it during their job. They're doing it on their free time, and they're met with the military. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, there seems to be no right way um, to do it unless, mm-hmm. you know, you're part of the majority and you illegally storm a government building with assault rifles, and that seems to be okay, but that's all we do. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, and I, I literally just watched people on the Senate floor during work hours at their jobs taking a knee. All right, so... So it's interesting, like, and I don't know about, maybe maybe you can speak to this, because personally, I have felt a little bit of frustration um, coupled with my somewhat of a cautious optimism that we're in a different time now. But the frustration has been that I was demonized for things I was saying, for stuff I was writing, um, for content I was creating. And now all of a sudden, it's like it's vogue. It's, it's in fashion now to be an anti-racist. Like, do you feel any of that kind of frustration? Um, I wouldn't, 
I, it's it's just interesting. I view things as being interesting. Um, <laughs> here it is that the whole country is protesting, and not that we started this. I mean, I, I always make a point to say, right. you know, and I didn't start this. It's been happening right. for a long right. time. You know, we just right. we just chose to speak about it on a different platform than what has been happening before. Um, but here it is that it's at the forefront of, of everything, and probably because people are cooped up in their homes because of the quarantine and mm-hmm. have no choice but to address it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I hope is that something actually happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. The goal wasn't for the entire country to be on the knee. Well, that's cool because then when the quarantine is over, it, are we going back to where we were before? Right. Right. Is this actually going to turn into policy change, legislation, accountability, and justice? Because all we mm. ever wanted was justice. Um, mm. That that's that's why we did it. Yeah, for change and for justice. So there are some folks out there who would probably look at Roger Goodell coming out making a statement. Roger Goodell said, literally with a straight face, said, "We protest with you." That's the commissioner of the NFL, for which you have played in for the last seven years. The same commissioner who um, is has been has been known throughout the sports world and social media as as the chief behind the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. How did you feel hearing that Roger Goodell had come out and made a statement about the NFL being pro protest? and anti-racist. We know that you can judge a tree by its fruit, right? Um, Absolutely. I won't, I won't say that he has not had a change in his heart or mindset. Time will tell. But I can tell you up until this point, Colin nor myself have received a phone call from the NFL. Colin mm-hmm. and myself still don't have a job within the NFL. Um, he said in this statement that the NFL is going to reach out to players who lifted up their voice about systemic oppression. We haven't gotten a phone call. Mm. We don't have a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> up until this point, we kind of, st- it's PR, you know what I mean? It's, 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 oh, it's, it's what's hot right now. It's like, yes. Like being anti-racist is the new fashion trend. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hashtag BLM. Like yeah, yeah. But your actions don't haven't matched your words up until this point. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. That's so well put, man. I think that I think at the end of the day, that's what um, people are talking about when you are when you have a goal in mind. And I love that you framed it by saying we're not we weren't trying to get people to join us on a bandwagon of taking a knee or protesting. We were trying to get justice. And I, I, I just hope that people hear that clear as day. Because it is so easy for people to get distracted by thinking that it's about the protest. I remember back in like 2017, um, the, the conversation shifted from police brutality to how are various teams going to show protest? Like, who's going to take a knee? Who's going to raise a fist? Who's going to do this, that, or the other? Um, and, man, and I, I think throughout that, and this is the last thing I'll ask you because I, I want to be respectful to your time, and I appreciate you, you being on here. Throughout that, there was, there were, it seems like there were attempts by, by the media or, or at least pub, the public perception of you that you were just some angry man because of 
the, the situation with, with Malcolm Jenkins, which you spoke about at length, um, and, and just you being a person who, who was asking for justice. What, what drives you to like drive and push and speak out beyond the place of comfort and beyond the trend? Because you, you've already mentioned it. This is a trendy thing, and this trend will change. What has driven you to, even when it wasn't trendy, to keep talking about it? Well, my core belief about why I was doing this was that it was for the Lord. And so it didn't matter what anybody else said about it because I knew my intentions were for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, there were times where I was frustrated, even angry at what was happening because here it is that people were trying to tell me what I was doing. I'm like, no, I'm telling you what I'm doing. Don't don't tell me that I I did this to be respectful. my my you know my family served in the military um my at the time i had a cousin in afghanistan telling me that you know the the fighting goes with the seasons when it's warm the bombs are in there when it's cold don't nobody want to be outside so it, it, it calms down you know what i mean like he's telling me all these things and he's like when i come home much like we've heard people who served in all wars that that are people of color when you come home fighting for after fighting for freedom, you come home, you're just another, just mm. another word. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because we we felt and we knew that we were being co-opted, we were being distorted. Um, people were were pushing their own agenda about what we were doing. You got folks starting nonprofits and getting paid, and then saying that. It's time to stop protesting. Right. Um, it's just, right. <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, you've been so gracious, man. I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate that you come back to a real centered place of, of doing this for moral reasons, not for show, not because you gain anything from it, because, quite frankly, you haven't gained anything from it. You know, it, it, it's... It's always inspiring to me and hopefully inspiring to anybody listening to like hear the purity of what you're trying to do. I've been amazed for it for a long time, amazed by it for a long time. And, and just, man, I just, I so respect you. Um, look at what you're doing as just really, really powerful. Is there, uh, I know you do some work with uh, the Know Your Rights Camp. Is there, is there a, a way that folks can involve themselves alongside of you? Um, or, or anything you'd recommend, even if it's not alongside of you, for people who are like, man, I, I want to stand, pun intended, for um, those who can't speak for themselves. I, I want to be actively involved in anti-racism and in, in, in the fight for justice in America. I'll leave you with this, Corey. Whatever you do, I would advise that you do it in love because mm-hmm. there's a difference if if you're speaking out for folks because you love people versus if you're doing it because you hate police, um, there are folks who are probably out there protesting who have, who are on different ends of the spectrum. Right. Um, but in my view, love is the only way. Um, if you're doing it out of hatred, then you're no better than the the person doing the oppression. So, um, Mm. That's how, that's how I'll end this conversation. 
Yeah, man, that's and that that's a hell of a way to end it. <laughs> hey, hey, and man, thank you so much for sharing that, man. I folks, I hope you heard that. If you do do this, if you're going to resist, if you're going to be a person who's contending for a better world, contend out of love and not out of hate. I want to thank Eric Reed for coming on the podcast. I want to thank Comfort Fit for the music. The song that you're hearing is called Sorry. I'd love to thank, like to thank all of you who have joined our Patreon community. If you haven't, the link to that is in our bio. Um, not the bio, sorry. The link to that is in the show notes of this podcast. I appreciate you listening, rating, and reviewing the podcast. And thank you for helping us to contend for a better world. One conversation at a time. Thank you.